Hi, I'm Margie, and this is the first ever episode of my new podcast, Desert Island Dishes. I'm pretty excited about this, but also have to admit, quite nervous. This is something I've been thinking about doing for ages now, but for lots of different reasons, it's taken me a while to actually get onto it. But here I am. I really hope you enjoy listening, and I'm so excited about getting to chat to lots of interesting and inspiring people who are all doing amazing things. For me, this is a chance to combine my interests in starting your own business, how you even go about doing that, and food. All things delicious and basically all that good stuff. Essentially, I guess this podcast is a chance for me to be really nosy, which is great. My first guest is the hilarious and charming Esther Walker, or Esther Corrin, depending on how you know her. She's a writer and journalist, and everything she writes just makes me laugh out loud, and it will be the same for you, I'm sure. So that's enough of me waffling on. Here it is, my first ever interview. Eek! (laughs) I'm here with the wonderful Esther, sometimes Walker, sometimes Corin, and this is the beginning bit where I like to embarrass my guests a little bit by reading them a short biography about just some of the amazing things that they get up to. So Esther is a journalist who writes for The Times, Grazia, The Daily Telegraph, The Daily Mail, and countless others. She is incidentally married to the Times restaurant critic Giles Corrin, and they have two children. She's created not one, but two amazing blogs, and she's written two books. So she is basically a superwoman. Hello, Esther. Hello, Margie. (laughs) Thank you. I will pay you later, (laughs) handsomely. I expect nothing less. But I first came across you when I went to a talk that you did at the Apple Store, hosted by Grazia and you were talking all about how to become a super blogger and that must have been I don't know that was a long time ago I think I just had Sam so that was probably about four four years ago something like that yeah I remember that very well that was that was good fun after that I got completely obsessed with the recipe rifle (laughs) the recipe rifle uh, um, yes, it's like the Facebook. Yes. Just, it was just, it was conceived as just a recipe rifle, okay. but I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted people wanted to call it the recipe rifle. I feel like because you were asked to speak at that talk and because of the timing of everything, I feel like you were one of the first foodie bloggers. I was definitely one of the first kind of keeping it real foodie bloggers in that the food blogs that were around when I started were so beautifully done because in those days there weren't really iPhones I certainly didn't have an iPhone and if you wanted to do a blog with photos you had to be very good with the camera yeah I tried and failed with many different cameras I literally have got about two thousand pounds worth of camera equipment in my kit that I literally don't know how to use and it's never worked and it's the the lights they're always going about light I just don't understand yeah and it never worked so basically all Food blogs were written by people who also happened to be amazing at taking photographs. So there was this kind of intersection of photos and food. Yeah. Because if you don't take a nice picture of food, it looks like dog food. Yeah. It just does. It doesn't matter what you've cooked. It just looks like dog food. Yeah. And I started writing this blog when I left my job and I had nothing else to do. And I was going a bit mad. 
So I decided to teach myself how to cook. And because I'm a writer, I needed to write about it. So well. you you were already because you you were already a journalist before that. So I was a journalist. Writing. Yes, I was a journalist. But I kind of I got to a point in my career in journalism where I thought I wanted to be, and actually. I was really unhappy and yeah. I didn't like it. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, which was actually a huge disappointment if you've wanted to be a yeah. journalist since you were six. And then you get this job that you thought you always wanted and you look at it and go, this is not what I want to do. Yeah, it's so disappointing and so scary. Very scary because you think, well, what on earth am I going to do now? And it all sorts of, yeah, it was a, it was a bad scene and I left. And my husband was furious with me for leaving. Like, quit. <laughs> he said, don't quit. Make them fire you. And I said, no, I quit. I hate you, scumbags. Uh, and so I left and I just, I didn't, I got, got very depressed for about three months. Yeah. And then everyone, everyone was doing a blog and I thought, okay, let's do a blog, you know? And I was used to turning out so many words a week that it was just, e- it was easy. Yeah. And I was, I had a purpose. Outlet. Yeah. I had a purpose. I was teaching myself how to cook. And the pictures were terrible, but no one seemed to care. No one cared. They weren't, they, they definitely weren't terrible. They were just real. They got better, definitely. Definitely, but also they just... There were a lot of dog food shots before <laughs> it got, before no, it got they better. They just looked like how food mm. does often look when you make it at home. And then it tastes delicious. And that's I was sort of surprised. I was really surprised that people didn't take the piss out of the photos, actually. I thought yeah. people would just go, who do you know? Who do you think you are? People were like, yeah, look, the mint, that's what food looks like. I'm like, it looks disgusting. I think it was, I was one of the people, I can't really think of anyone else. I mean, not that I want to, not I'm like, I'm so amazing, but I was one of the, I couldn't see anyone else who was writing about the process of cooking yeah. in that way. In that if you're worried about it, just forget it. Or don't worry about this. It's supposed to look terrible. Or at this point, it will scare the pants off you or don't forget to do that. Otherwise it will be awful something. And there was a lot of, you know, I'm not using swear words, but there was a lot of swearing in it. Yeah. I was very quickly, very popular with, with, with men, with um sort of squaddies and oh, policemen and the armed forces and people like that. Because I was doing a lot of high protein, low carb recipes. That's so interesting. With, with very Anglo-Saxon language and very, very straightforward instructions yeah and I wasn't making anything fiddly I wasn't making macaron I wasn't doing really any baking I was kind of like do this sear it this is a nice sauce this is a good recipe put it together this seems like a good moment to talk about the first dish of the yes. day because obviously this is desert island dishes and the first dish Esther mm-hmm. is the dish that most reminds you of your childhood well there are lots of dishes that remind me of my childhood because my mother uh was is a, a, a very very good cook and she cooked everything from scratch. She cooked everything herself always. She had four children. So I guess the three things that really remind me of my childhood are a bowl of ricicles. Yes. Because there quite often wasn't time for dinner. And then uh, spaghetti bolognese, obviously. And also a dish that was incredibly popular on Recipe Rifle, and I still get emails about it, which is a um, sausage and cabbage hot pot stew thing which is actually not my mother's recipe it's a very very famous recipe from like elizabeth david or someone like that okay and the amazing thing about it is there are only three ingredients if you don't count seasoning sausages cabbage and butter and that's oh it. my god well and when you... butter's the third ingredient so basically blanche the cabbage savoy cabbage you skin the sausages much easier than it sounds 
See, I'm yes. helping people. Yeah. So come with me. It's okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Uh, you skin the sausages and then you put the cabbages and the sausages and you kind of intersperse it all with like butter and stuff. And you put it in the oven in a, a proper casserole dish. You can't use anything else. It's got to be like a licorice or something like that. Yeah. And then you put it in the oven for three and a half hours at 150 degrees. And that is Oh my God, that sounds amazing. And I didn't, when I lived at home, when it was sausage and cabbage dinner, I was like, oh, mum, why can't we have a pizza? But when I left home and then came back, having realised how, like, disgusting food can be if you have yeah. to buy it and cook it yourself, I went home and I was like, this is ambrosia, you know. So I remember it. I actually recall this dish actually now reminds me of being at home here, but it also reminds me of my child. That's so, so nice. It's, yes, it's and that's so nice. nice when dishes translate like that yeah, and you sort of definitely. take them yeah. with you through life. Yeah, stages. definitely. And that spaghetti bolognese as well, always eating too much pasta and feeling sick and not knowing why. And I know why now, don't I? Wheat. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but do no. we stop? No. no. It's delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, well, that was amazing. So the next thing I want to talk to you about was, for me, the biggest problem with social media and the internet in general, and obviously there are really great things, but for me, my real bugbear is the presentation of perfection, which is a mouthful. And I feel like what you were doing was an antidote to that. And was it kind of in reaction? Absolutely not. Every time, no way. I am so craven when it comes to that kind of thing. I love those beautiful food blogs and I loved the uh those gorgeous photos and the you know the uh, I my supper club and my little jam jar tea lights and my, <laughs> I just couldn't do it that was what it was genuinely yeah it wasn't like hmm I'm so smart and postmodern at all it turned out to be that and I was very happy to also kind of fulfill that for people if yeah. that's what they wanted but no, my God, I'm just, I, I'm not a very visual person, but person, it's not, not really a word person either. Uh, I'm not a very visual person. I've had to learn all of that. So I'm words, it's words, it's painting pictures with words. And I, I, I genuinely, I could style a nice photo, yeah. but it would take me hours that I would rather spend writing. Which I think is how it, how long it takes these other people. That is what I tell myself. Yeah, no, I just it's, go, like, it's impossible. It's an impossible dream. No, but it's genuinely true. But don't you think that's really interesting that that is what you ended up doing? And that is actually, it was like a really needed antidote to everything. I, I, I certainly wouldn't have kept on doing it unless I'd been encouraged. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not. I wasn't being paid and I wasn't going to see, I, I, I never sought to monetize recipe rifle at all. Yeah. Virtue signaling. Yeah. Um, um, but it was only ever people saying, I love this. This is so good. This, and also people saying, this is an amazing recipe. And the great thing about the internet, that is all, that is all bad. Yeah. The perfectionism thing is it, it isn't, I'm totally susceptible to it. And it is not a good thing. I totally agree with you. But one of the good things about the internet, especially when it comes to cooking, is that it's so democratic. Yeah. And if someone goes, this is a shit recipe, it doesn't work. Um, and you find that out really quickly. Or they say, you've got the butter in the thing, but you haven't got it in the 
in the method and you can correct it and you can mean that yeah. one of the reasons why I started Recipe Rifle is because I came across a lot of recipes that didn't work. Yeah, which is so You followed them slavishly and faithfully and you did everything right and you didn't skip a step because you were bored and you didn't kind of go on it. I think she's wrong. You know, you did it all right yeah. and it comes out and it's not nice. Yeah. And that for a novice cook, now I can make a recipe, a bad recipe and I go, ugh, whatever, you know, this is a bad recipe. No, when you're a novice like cook... That. If you come across a bad recipe, you think you're a bad cook. Yeah. And there's no, there's no such thing as a bad People get, oh, I can't cook, I'm a bad cook. You're not. You're just, you just haven't done it enough. Yeah. Or you, you haven't should, done it enough and... You've had the wrong recipes. You're cooking the wrong thing. Yeah. And maybe you're not interested because I do think yeah. it's hard to get really involved in something and become better if you're just completely uninterested, which some people... Yes, I can't imagine who those people are. <laughs> So we're not yeah, interested in their dinner, I mean, but uh, yeah, I yeah. don't think we know them, and they're I, not our friends. No, but... I, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, well, that seems like a good time to ask you about dish number two, yes, which is the first dish that you learned to cook. Okay, so I am, I suffer from very, very high self esteem. Okay, so I, and I know that that <laughs> sounds like a mad thing. I honestly, honestly, that's why I can't look at pictures of myself because in my head, I am Giselle genuinely I'm like oh my god I'm so beautiful <laughs> and then I look at the picture of myself and I'm like oh my god oh my god who is that it, wearing my pajamas no 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 no. seriously it's a genuine thing it's a genuine thing I have really really I have to kind of keep a lid on it that's amazing I have really really really, really I think I'm amazing I think everything I do is amazing I mean it's patently not like it's patently not true that everything I do so I'm confronted with this reality quite often but I have really really high self-esteem and I just think I can do anything and I think I'm amazing I mean I blame that's on growing the, up a, in the 80s that's no it, but it's also growing up in the 80s where everyone must have prizes and everyone has to win and everyone's brilliant you know it's actually can be a bit damaging because you go into you go at everything like a bull in a challenge you're like yeah I'm gonna win this <laughs> and then you don't win it and then you feel really sad so that leads me to the first the first dish I learned to cook was a pork pie ladies and gentlemen oh a hand-raised pork pie probably the most difficult yeah apart from like some like a crock on bouche or whatever they cook in oh, bake yeah, off or like parfait or something which is really really hard or like making your own turkish delight or something a pork pie hand-raised pork pie not with um shop-bought gelatin but with gelatin i made myself with a pig's oh. foot okay oh. insanity how, how long did this insanity take it took me three days <laughs> Okay. It took me three days with me barely understanding the instructions, barely having the right kit, barely knowing what some of it meant, genuinely not really understanding how gelatin worked. And I finally made this goddamn pork pie and it was the best thing was in it, the whole world. It, it was it was worth the, the most amazing thing. Yes. I mean, it went wrong about eight times and I, I punctured the pastry and all that. And I, do you know what? I made it. I made it like a maniac. This is before I had kids. I, now I have kids. I would never try and make a pork pie because it takes three days. I'm yeah, not joking. You don't have that time. And I, don't, I simply don't have that time. <laughs> so since I had kids, I haven't made it. I went, I went through like a year of like, I, it was your birthday. Hi, Marge, have a pork pie. It's your birthday. Have a pork pie. It's Christmas. Have a pork pie. So I made all these millions of pork pies. Because basically, it was the only thing I could make. I couldn't make spaghetti carbonara but I can make a pork pie which is really weird it's yeah, like that, I can fly a fighter jet but I don't know how to drive is, a car I have it's to say really odd that's something that I watch them make on Bake Off and I kind of nod and look like I know what they're doing but I've never P.S. Yeah, it I makes mean, everyone cry on Bake Off because it's such a nightmare yeah it looks 
I so can hard. Tell I you just... why if you want, but no, it's free. So that is like that is basically if you want to know about me, that is that encapsulates everything that's right slash wrong with me in there. The first thing I learned to make was a pork pie. I actually then went back to basics and went, okay, I actually don't want to do it. That was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like how do you chop an onion? <laughs> jumping out of a plane. Yeah, how do you chop an onion? I did not know. I didn't <laughs> know how to chop an onion. I didn't, I barely knew how to make a white sauce, but I knew how to make a pork pie. I mean, so yeah, that way to go, Esther. Crazy. <laughs> mad, 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 maddie, mad, mad. Well, I don't know whether I'm just out of the loop because I'm not a mother yet, but it feels like now lots more mums are being more vocal about the realities yes. of motherhood. And I wanted to know whether, I guess like with the food, did you feel like what you were doing was really honest and that there weren't many other people saying what you were saying. I totally feel you've actually hit quite a raw nerve there because, like, I, I really, really feel like I started the whole no, thing. But I don't <laughs> want to sound like I'm sucking up to you. No, it's you, fine. But you did. I, I, I really, I genuinely feel, this is not a good side of me, but I genuinely feel like this is really not a good side of me. I can't believe I'm saying this to a, to a microphone, but it's I really believe, like, I just <laughs> opened the door for all of these way more successful people to make giant careers out of kind of, you know, um, ineffectual motherhood, basically. my The thing that I did wrong, not wrong, because I have to say I wouldn't now still want to be talking about kids. Yeah. I don't want to. They're getting older. They're entitled to their privacy. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be talking about the challenges that I have with Kitty and Sam now, because there are still, obviously, you know, the, the children are very difficult. Of course. But they are people now. They're not little babies. And yeah. I don't want to be talking about them in that way. Even some of the things I've talked about with them, I feel like maybe it was looking back on it was wrong. But um, I don't want to still be talking about kids. But I see a lot, lot, lot of the mummy bloggers now not money because that's really dismissive. I don't mean that. I mean the women who are properly making a career out yeah. of talking about their kids and motherhood and all of that stuff. And I think that the reason why mine, mine was successful, but the reason why it didn't really take off is because it was just quite dark at times. Well, and, and also it was new and it's really, really, really unfair. But sometimes when you're the first person, yeah. everyone kind of, here's what you're saying and is interested, but it's kind of takes them a bit longer to become yeah. brave. So I feel yeah. like actually being the first and sort of pioneering something is sometimes quite difficult because... I'll have to take that rather no, than... But I, no, but I do, think that's, I do think that's true. Like you you were saying things that obviously people must have been thinking for ages, but yeah. no one was sort of brave because it is brave to put that in writing and actually say those things mm. out loud beyond just the people that you know. yeah yeah well I yeah I mean but, but I just it was yeah the internet is a, a blog is a kind of amazing slash dangerous thing for someone like me who has who I genuinely you know I, I just want to make you laugh you know I want to make I want to make people laugh and I want to be at all times I think honesty and not being cliche is really important yeah and um uh being honest with yourself and and, and honest honesty not dishonest honesty. oh yeah dishonest not honesty. like like honest honesty is like i just ate nine kit kats and then i made myself sick you know dishonest honesty is like oh i just ate kit kat i'm so bad you know yeah you just think either tell me the truth truth yeah. and don't be scared or don't t- don't yeah, say no that's so true okay well now let's talk about dish number three yes esther what uh-huh. is the best dish you've ever eaten let me tell you 
that this is this is going to be uh, amazing slash disappointing. But <laughs> the best dish I've ever eaten and continue to eat from time to time is my husband's clam linguine or anything my husband ever cooks for me because he doesn't do that much. <laughs> so when I sit at the table, maybe reading a magazine, maybe finding my nails, maybe just answering some emails, and then my husband just appears with a steaming bowl of, you know, clam linguine, which is his signature dish, which is that really, is a great really signature dish. Very tasty. And it's hot and spicy, and he's cooked it all himself, and he's tidied everything up, and he hasn't asked me any fucking questions about anything <laughs> for 10 minutes. That is the best dish because nothing is as nice as something that someone else cooked. No, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, my food my food is pretty great, I have to say. But <laughs> when someone else makes it for you and then tidies up. Yeah, the tidying up is... It's the sweet, sweet taste of, like, it, it's just really luxurious. It's like, huh, I didn't have to decide what to eat. I didn't have to buy it. Not having to decide. I didn't have to cook it. And I didn't have to tidy up. So that is the best issue. Yeah, that's an excellent answer. Easy one. Easy, easy. Um, so I wanted to talk about, so you, you've had two books. You've written two books. Yeah, only, did, only e-books. Because so, there was, um, there was if I may, if I may book, just like get this off my chest about my books. books. <laughs> so the first, I was, when I started writing Rescue Rifle about, uh, about I guess, I guess it been about 18 months, I was approached by agents and publishers and stuff as you as you are yeah or as you were very much at that time because people were like bloggers they were people like who are these bloggers you know they didn't really understand who they were we better just buy some bloggers we don't know who they are and I was approached by a couple of people people and I was approached eventually most aggressively by an agent who put together and I really was you talking to about a time machine no someone else if I could have gone back and redone it I would have done that completely differently. Oh, because wait, I was, what, which bit? Uh, the, well, the, the, I wouldn't have chosen that agent. And okay. I would have just, I would have got my head together a bit more and I would have just done it. I should have done something about motherhood, not about cooking or something. Because no, I, was, I loved it because it was an extension of the two things. Yeah. Yeah. The, with, problem with cook, the problem with trying to sell a cookbook yeah. is that their cookbooks are incredibly expensive mm. because they need as I'm sure you know, is they need photographs. And, they need, and I wasn't... A, so I was touted around all these publishers. The agent was very influential. And I got interviews with all of these different publishing houses. I was in front of Bloomsbury. I was in front of Trans, everyone. It was an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And they just looked at me and went, who are you? Who are you? You know, are you a cook? No. So why should we listen to you about cooking? And then you do all the stuff about kids. I mean, what the agent had seen That's that so there was, it was very frustrating. It was a very, very sad process. And the, I let the agent write the proposal because I have four month old baby. Yeah, of course. So I was like, can you just do it? And I'll just say yes to everything that you say, because you know what you're doing and I don't. And the agent wrote this proposal and looking back on it, it was just a mess. It was such a mess. And this is what went out to all these publishers. And it was just such a sad, it was a really, a really, it was very, very depressing process. And then at the end of it, I eventually went to a, a digital publisher called The Friday Project, who were absolutely brilliant. They don't exist anymore, but they were wonderful to me. And they would just, they just let me write whatever I wanted. They published it in ebook format. They sold it on my behalf. And I still get royalty checks from that. Great. And then The Bad Mother, which was the next. Yeah, that's so great. I feel like in life, when stuff happens that you didn't necessarily plan or pitch for and that just sort of came to you, I think it's understandable that then that can sometimes happen and you look back and think, oh, I wouldn't have done that because you kind of weren't 
prepared because it wasn't your yeah it's true and also i would not like now to be most strongly associated with the bad mother which is the book that i wrote although i'm very proud of it yeah i wouldn't want that to be well, the, the the thing that everyone yeah it's with a bad mother you know yeah I mean, that's fine I mean, it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah but I wouldn't want that to be like my really famous thing I wouldn't yeah. want to be like I'm sure Jamie Oliver rues the day he called that book make a I bet he does yeah, yeah I bet he does <laughs> yeah it's interesting how stuff happens because you can be frustrated about how something played out but then mm. actually there is always a like a what's the word a swing a swings swing. around yeah so like the other the yeah. silver lining. <laughs> All of those yeah, things. Quite All right. Of those I, teachings, I feel for a reason. I feel very deterministic about life generally. I yeah. think that basically it just happens to you. And you, if you struggle too much against it, then you just, it, there's no point. Yeah. I definitely had like big things that have gone really wrong yeah. and I've had to completely change direction. Mm. And it's crap at the time. But yeah. I do always think you do end up where you're meant to be Definitely. and you learn loads along the way yeah yeah just a little food for thought <laughs> um okay so number four very quick one Esther what's your favorite sandwich my favorite sandwich is an egg sandwich <gasps> uh which is also my son's favorite sandwich so yes. it's doubly my favorite sandwich because I make it for him all the time it is egg not too much mayonnaise a, bo- a hot boiled egg mashed with butter a dash of mayonnaise salt not pepper for the baby but yeah. salt for me, maybe a little bit of cress, soft white bread, yum, yum, yum. Ooh, yes. Egg sandwiches. Would you favorite. turn your nose up at one on brown bread? Or um, no, does it have to be white? No, but I find that if you're going to just go for sliced bread, you might as well just go for yeah. white sliced bread. Agreed. It's just mm, trendy. Yeah. And how do you feel about cress? Yes, cress for me. <laughs> the boy doesn't like it. I said that so earnestly. And your face was like... <laughs> Then it's saying, how do you feel about bringing back hanging? Like, oh, I genuinely have the word. So something that I personally want to know that I'm sure you've been asked like a million times, so I don't want to talk about it for ages, but what is it like cooking for a restaurant critic at home? And obviously now you've been married for a while, and so I'm sure you've, you know, it's all fine. But what was it like initially? Well, initially you said that you couldn't cook. So what? No, you, what I couldn't cook. cook. But uh, referring back to my aforementioned very high self-esteem yeah, okay. and massive hubris <laughs> about everything, I used to cook him, the looking back <laughs> on it, the most disgusting stuff I can possibly imagine. I cooked him her risotto, this really sloppy mushroom risotto, which is, risotto is my favourite thing. Yes. Before I like decided that I couldn't eat rice anymore. Risotto with like loads of stinking truffle oil all over it. Then I cooked him this bolognese and, and Nigella Lawson, uh, who I love, she's a goddess, um, Nigella Lawson recipe, a kind of a Nigella Express thing where I told you oh, to yeah. put in, to use a jar of caramelised onions rather oh. than, and let me tell you, Nigella, it doesn't work, it's yucky. Oh. And that was really, really nasty as well. Oh my God, <laughs> chicken that wasn't cooked properly all the way through to the bottom. Cuts of mystery meat, I didn't know what they were. And I just kind of <laughs> put them in like a sauce and like presented them. And was he always really happy? Always grateful. Great. Yum, 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 is there any more? <laughs> he, he is not stupid, my husband. And he knew that, he started out, he was the cook. Yeah. And he liked cooking, he had plenty of time on his hands. He was happy to do the cooking. Or we went out. We didn't have kids. We went out all the time. We just went out and got drunk and that's what we did. And we someone ate some food. Yeah. And, 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 and and it just wasn't an issue. And anything I cooked for him, he was always like, Oh, this is a this is one, this is amazing. It could have maybe done 
five more minutes in the oven, you know. And then the chicken could have been cooked all the way through. Literally bleep, like blood <laughs> is seeping through his teeth. As going, mm, this is delicious. Is it organic? So basically, he, Giles is incredibly easy to cook for. He's very grateful for is, any food. Is that obviously like you're his wife and he loves you but do your friends <laughs> do, <laughs> do your friends feel like that like are you invited round no never never okay. never 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 we are only <laughs> invited round by chefs or people who have private chefs oh basically. okay yeah so then they don't care no uh, or, or like my sister doesn't give a shit what yeah. Charles thinks you know like there's your dinner eat it or not I don't care but I think it's one of those things like because I am a chef I yeah. kind of have that too like people are always really when I do get invited around they're always sort of apologizing before I've even eaten it like That's I'm sad. going to be criticizing like obviously yeah. it's just so nice to be cooked for and you're just not even thinking anything bad at all and I have to say some people cannot cook worth a damn and sometimes <laughs> it is sometimes it is really upsetting when you go and you just go and you look at it and you just go Jesus Christ Jesus Christ what is this you know, and you just think, what, what is this? And you have to kind of basically just, mm, yummy. Yeah. Um, but it's quite nice, actually, because both Giles and I, I mean, never say anything. And you just cover it in salt and eat it and say, thank you. Is yeah, but that's more? kind of like, like, we would even do that, too. It's not like Giles just... No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, my God, not at all. No, Giles is there to make sure that you don't spend your money on bad food. Yeah. He's not there to just go around and be mean about people's yeah, food. Yeah, no, of course. And he will be mean about your food in the car afterwards, but he's <laughs> not... but similarly if you cook something even vaguely edible he's just like super super, i love this is is there any more i love it yum 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 and you'll eat everything and that people really love that yes something that i read it must have been a few years ago now that giles wrote about a family holiday that you guys went on and i think you got a chef a cook for the week and oh yeah cara my god oh she was was amazing (gasps) and the article that giles wrote about her was literally it was just amazing and presumably off the back of that she sort of got set up for life i think she cooks for i think she is um the duke and duchess of cambridge's private that does not surprise me i think she is but how how long did she did she did she realize instantly who she was cooking for or did she sort of... Uh, we, we generally, it's better with Giles, with a restaurant or with a person or with anyone to just spring him on them because... Oh, um, my God, she, she would have bailed if she'd have known that he was coming. But did, did she know, like, the moment you guys said hello? Or was she realised when Giles sent loads of wine down to the house because we were in a, a lot, we were renting a house in Devon and Giles just uh, got some wine from a shop and, and had it posted, sort of set yeah. down. And it had his name on it. Okay. And I think Cara saw his name and just went, oh my God. <laughs> but you know, Cara, she was a very lovely, sort of self effacing girl, very confident. Okay. So I personally think she was up for it. Yeah. She well, no, I mean, amazing. what an amazing opportunity. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. She did, she was just absolutely extraordinary. And we had her again the next year, I think. But by, by then, she was basically unaffordable. <gasps> Um, so, and then I, 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 I don't think she'll return my calls now. (laughs) I think she's just be like, oh, hi. Who are you? What? No. (laughs) Okay, right. So time for the fifth dish of the day. What's the dish that you eat the most often? And I guess it's your favorite, but it's what you sort of go back to. 
Okay. Yeah, I go through phases of like eating the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I, think I, I get sort of obsessed and then yes. have it every day. And then you just can't look at it for the next. <laughs> <laughs> you literally can't look at it again. Um, for myself, because, you know, I'm 37 now and I over, th- you know, get to 30, get to 35, you have kids and you just, you know what, in you're just running to stay still and. I have to work out and go to the gym and go spinning and do all this stuff. And it turns out eat much less. So the thing that I eat most often at the moment is baked white fish. Yeah. Cod or haddock or whatever. I take advice from my fishmonger and stir fried cavalanero. Oh, and that's, I love cavalanero. That's it. Basically you, you stir fry it with chopped bacon and anchovies. And then you have it with the fish. And that is, sounds really like a really depressing meal. But no, it's not. No, it sounds delicious. I think I have I have that. Haven't I actually, I got a bit sick of it. I haven't had it for a while, but that is probably Maybe right. back on the menu this weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is super, super good for you. And if you eat that most night, most weeknights or some variation thereof, yeah. you're not going to explode into giant mobility scooter fatness yes. anytime. <laughs> Esther's top tip of the day. And <laughs> so you touched on this before, but uh, I wanted to ask you more about it. So you said, I mean, obviously from everything that I read, you are a very honest, open person. Um, and I think in part that must be what people respond so well to. Like obviously you're amazing writing, but it's also just how genuine and relatable you are. Got some yeah. in your teeth. But ha- <laughs> um, have I actually? No. <laughs> um, does that or has that ever had any drawbacks? Yes. Oh my god, all the time. I mean, I think I think that you know, I think that insincere people who present a totally uh, rigged up version of their lives do much better. Mm. People on all do you those. Think that's true. Yeah, I do. I really, really do. I think. I think. Someone like Tina Fey, who's super honest, yeah. or, you know, Nora Ephron. On, I, I have based my entire personality and writing style on Nora Ephron. Yeah. God, press her soul. <laughs> you can either, you either go stratospheric with that kind of stuff, at like Tina Fey, Amy Schumer, yeah. whatever her name is, or you can never really break out past 60%. Do you know what I mean? But why? Why? Why, why is that? Because why? people are naturally aspirational, I think. And it's funny, and it's funny and kind of relatable, but then it's like, a, I feel like people who are hold up and maybe you hold up a mirror to the not so fabulous parts of your life and make it okay, make it funny. Yeah. I'm not going, you're dirty, Ugh, look at you. I'm going, oh my God, I'm so dirty. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> I think that it's a bit like eating a packet of hula hoops. You just want to eat it and then like forget about it. But I think, you know... I'm, I'm newly engaging with Instagram in a much more adult way. And I've, and I've noticed that, as I noticed with the really popular blogs when I started blogging, that the people who were doing the best were the people who were just going, no, look yeah. at this beautiful thing. Not people who are saying, uh, look at this, look, look, this is so, you know. I, yeah, so I, I, I feel like, but I, just, I now can't remember the question. I just, <laughs> just about the honesty and draw. Yeah. But I yeah, just wonder, thing, yeah, those are the drawbacks. Some of those aspirational people who have gone stratospheric, yeah. I just wonder whether it gets to a point where people are like, you know, obsessed with looking at it and aspiring mm. to it. But then it gets to a point where I was like, oh, hang on a second. 
this is so unreal and unrelatable that it's mm. actually boring. Well, well I, think, I think people, I think me. people need it. Well, I think people need everything. It's not that's the, that's the wonder of the internet and the wonder of something like Instagram is that you can balance your uh, what you're looking at. And if and yeah. that's it. And sometimes I get frustrated with someone on Instagram. I think, oh my god, I can't follow them. Yeah, I can never see any of their stuff again. Yeah. Oh, if, if someone, yeah, if someone's posting things that are making me feel bad yeah. about my life, yes. my body, or anything like yeah. that, yeah, just unfollow yeah. them, just get rid of them. Else. But as we aforementioned, extremely high self-esteem. Yeah. I generally look at like those people. I follow this French girl who posts pictures of herself wearing basically the same outfit every single day, and she's really thin. And she's got long curly blonde hair. And she's in an amazing Parisian flat. And I look at her and I just think, yeah, that's basically what I look like. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> she's mean, my yeah. sister. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's a good cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally fine. Doesn't make me feel bad about myself at all. It's people on holiday that make me feel bad. Oh about my myself. goodness! Yeah, yeah. everyone That's on bad. holiday can just go. Away. I know. I can't cope with that at all. Um. So, Esther, mm. um, dish six for yes. desert island dishes. What's your go-to dinner party dish? So, a thing that everybody loves and is really impressive, and people are just like so super happy when they see that it's been cooked for them, is a thing. It's, it's still on I'm really excited rifle. about what yes. you're going to say. It's what amazing. It? It's still on recipe rifle. It is an aromatic pork belly hot pot. Ooh. And it's very, very, very simple to make. Although not if you're squeamish about cutting up raw meat, which I am actually getting increasingly so in my old age. Um, you're getting more squeamish. Yes, much more squeamish about handling meat. Okay. I just don't like it. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean who does? No, but, I mean, it's just it, it, like a mm, delicious chicken bars. But I really like, get a bit like, oh, in the butcher, like, oh, how's it going? And I have to go. So this is not for vegetarians, uh, or uh, if you're a bit kind of thing about cutting up stuff. But your butcher should cut up the belly for you. Yes. If you yes, I... Have nice. very little skills in that department. I yeah. always just get the fishmonger and the butcher. Yeah, just yeah. as you as you should, yeah. as you yeah. should. You pay a premium to visit this place. Yeah, so should do all that for you. Um, so it is, and basically, it's a kind of a Chinesey, delicious smelling um, porky. It's basically genuinely something that you might get in a very good Chinese restaurant. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's very good. Is it one of those things where you can kind of? Bung it all in and then... Yeah, you leave it. Okay. Bung it all in and leave it. You can make a vast quantity of it. It's not expensive because it's pork belly, which is very expensive. And then you just have it with egg noodles and maybe like some pak choy, put some pak choy in. And people go, oh my God, because it's it's like you're having a takeaway. And what is more delicious than a takeaway? And also as for dinner parties, it's so, 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 so important that you're not massively stressed out by it. Oh my god. That you're not making a roast with like eight different no. things on the boil. You want something that's basically already made. Like already done. Yeah. And you can clean the kitchen and you can go, right, okay. But I have to say very rarely have people around. And then you can just be like, Ta-da. yeah, Ta-da. not even stressed. <laughs> uh, uh, in my but I, I'm always stressed because I I I need to go to bed so early because my son is very early riser that we very rarely have people around for dinner. Okay. Well, how early is early? I really, I really would like to be asleep by 10 o'clock. Oh my God, me I too. Did. And I don't even have I a do. baby to no. make an excuse. Well, I, I've, always, <laughs> I I have been, I've kind of always been like that. <laughs> uh, but my son's early waking makes it. No. And so with that, Esther, I'm going to ask you your last dish of the day. And that is the most important one because it's the last thing you would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. Now... When I play this game, 
I go the whole hog and I have like five courses. Oh, is that like, allowed? Yeah, okay. but you can have one, ah. you, whatever you want. Maybe you're not as greedy as I am. So no, I just I'm very I, I'm 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 quite just a bit Protestant with a small p, and I say I only have one thing. <laughs> no, you can have anything you like. Um, I would the the, the the pizza would have to be in there somewhere. I don't really eat pizza because of the aforementioned. Uh, it's your last thing, night. Thirty-seven million fat, and you're going to be alone. And I've got to so. load up on carbs. I think so. I would definitely have. And nobody is there to see you. <laughs> um, I would have. I definitely have a pizza in there somewhere. There is a restaurant called Singapore Garden, uh, which is in North London near Swiss Cottage, which is my favourite restaurant and Giles' favourite restaurant. And they have um, toffee, no, they have banana fritters. Ooh, yeah. I'm my, I am drooling talking about it. They deep fry bananas and then they serve it to you with ice cream Ooh. and like honey on top. And it is that stream. That would have to be in there somewhere. And... Um, yeah, that's all I can think about. I'm a bit hungry. That's probably what I, that's that's what I can think about right now. I think that's oh that's god. It. And the bakery up the road does a really good like egg roll, like Ooh. boil, like egg sandwich, egg, an egg sandwich, oh, an egg sandwich, oh, an egg sandwich, a pizza, the toffee banana thing at Singapore Garden, uh, and a pisco sour. Oh yes, just I like a, a buffet of deliciousness. That is going to give you some bad gas. <laughs> again, again, to be alone island, so that is not a problem. I love coconut though, so it's going to be fine. Oh yeah, it'll be fine. fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Thank you so much. Thank Esther. you. Thank you very um, much. So that was it. Just like that. That was my first interview with the lovely Esther Corrin. She is so easy to chat to could have literally nattered away for many more hours. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. If you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter, but mainly Instagram at Made by Margie. So come and say hi and do subscribe to this podcast. It really means a lot and you'll get lots more interviews and fun chats, hopefully. <laughs> Esther has got me dreaming of aromatic pork belly pot pot which is quite a mouthful, and I'm off to investigate. So until next time, bye and thanks for listening.